Welcome to the Dragon Slayer podcast. I'm your host, Stephen, and with us today, Jenna Johnson from Jenna Johnson Artistry. Yes. But maybe even more importantly, we got a little something special right here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Tell us about this. You are the inventor of this famous local drink. I know. Did you find out what the name was of this local it's drink? It's the Hiking, hiking, the hiking, hiking Barbie. Barbie. This is my claim to fame. I've been trying to get out there all this time and come to find out you just make a drink at a local soda <laughs> shop and you become known. Uh, so I've never had one before, and I'm, I want to sample it with you. Okay. so Walk me through. What do we got so going on So this drink, it's a protein-based drink. Okay. And it has light lemonade and sparkling water and a strawberry base in it. And I was just in there on a Sunday afternoon and said, hey, throw this together for me. And it's become this overnight. <laughs> so how do, It's how, comical. So you, you go up to hip sip because yes. that's where it's at our yes. buddies over at hip sip yep. they're awesome they are great so you go over there and you're like hey why don't you throw this thing together for me so one of my best friends owns hip sip. Oh, okay so okay. you know we were chumming it up on a sunday afternoon mm-hmm. she was getting a few things for me i work with her often and i said let's make this drink and she wanted to name it the Jenna, and I couldn't fathom driving up to the window and saying, can I have the Jenna? And that so sounds amazing. I couldn't do that. No way. Anyway, she decided to call it the Hiking Barbie because that's that, the thing is, I do. Is, is that is your I, nickname now? I mean, I, I I don't identify with the Barbie aspect of it, but the hiking I can get on board with. So I'm going to call you Hiking Barbie from yep. now on. Yeah, it's fantastic. They've done a fundraiser with it recently really? and made like $500 in a day for somebody. It was really cool. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay, should we sample? Yes. Bailey, you ready? And you, no matter what, you just have to pretend like it's the best drink you've Cheers. ever had. <laughs> um, I'm not going to pretend, but I'll be nice anyway. Truth be told, my husband did not like the drink. Mm, I love it. It's so good, huh? It's so good. I think it's 26 grams of protein in that thing. That's Dang. 26 more than I planned on He's having. like, yeah. I'm not taking any more sips of that. <laughs> so um, how do you work the Picho into this? They put that on every drink. That's kind of their oh. marketing. How do you – do you just – like when you're feeling fun, you just take a bite out of that thing? Or oh, how yeah, do you, do you that? just eat it. They have a drink that has a Funyun on it. Oh. Oh. They're, they're fun over there. That's a cool. Funyun? A Funyun. What's yeah. the drink called? Like the oh. hillbilly or something like no, that? No, <laughs> no. It's called, I think it's called the stoner. And I think that's where the Funyun came that in. Sense. That's funny. And that if I got sense. the name wrong, I'm so sorry, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Mm. That is delicious. Yeah. I it, feel it, it is good. It is good. So I feel like I'm being tricked into being healthy with this. No way. You still have, you know, the unhealthy. Okay, good stuff in there just wanted to be sure yeah yeah (laughs) okay so we know you as the owner and proprietor of a permanent makeup shop yes here in town yes and um but we don't know anything else about you okay so here's what i want to do i want to okay so here's where we are today you own this shop yes let's go back in time great how did this happen i went to hair school a long time ago. It's been 20 years now. And I did hair for years and years and years. I started in a salon. I started assisting. And then I went into another salon where I became a manager. But when we moved here to Idaho, that was all in Utah. We moved here to Idaho. I decided to work for myself. Mm -hmm. And I worked myself 
ragged. I worked morning till night, wanted to make all of the money in the world, and I decided there had to be a better way. Mm. And along came permanent makeup, mm. and that kind of came about. My clients would come, and they would have me shape their brows. And now permanent makeup's very popular. It's a very well-known thing. There's lots of women here that do such a fantastic job doing it. Yeah. At that time, there wasn't a lot of women that did it. Mm. And so I took whatever little money we had at that time. I mean, we were living off of ramen noodles. <laughs> and I told my husband, I said, I'm going to, to do this. And I had one person who said, that is the dumbest thing really? I have ever heard of. They had done it, and they weren't making money at it. Mm. I was like... I will show you. And so I jumped in and within the year I quit hair and I've been fully invested in that for the last six years. And it's been fantastic. I now have cut down my hours. I work two days a week. I have four children at home that we're trying to raise together. And my husband's very invested in his career. And mm -hmm. so it's been really cool to manage that side of things, be very involved as a mom and very on point with being a wife also. Gosh, there's so many interesting things to talk about in all of that. Mm -hmm. I want to start with professional opinion. What do you think about this here? These, these eyebrows. <laughs> Your How do you brows feel about look these? amazing. <laughs> you actually do have great brows. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> Don't forget it. Oh From goodness. a professional opinion, he, they're very nice. They look great. Not <laughs> too groomed, a little rugged. Yeah, you I'm, a, can't I'm a pretty rugged things. guy, you yeah, know? So. I know, very rugged. You can't say things like this to him. Now he's going to talk about his eyebrows for weeks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You'll catch him looking in a mirror. Yeah. yeah. I'm, in fact, as soon as we're done, I'm going to submit it to all of like the Guinness Book of World Records, <laughs> to like people's, you know top sexiest people in the world. That's like we're what gonna you have, need to do, yeah, People yeah. Magazine. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm going to do. Yes. <laughs> that's very exciting. Okay, so I, I want to go back here because, so you start this business. What year did you start? So six years ago, right? <sighs> you know, it, it will be seven years in February. So you do the math. Is that 2015? That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 2015, what was the thing that made you say, I'm going to transition into this? I have the most brilliant husband in the world. Let me start with that. Okay. When we first got married, he didn't have any direction with a career or with school. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I needed to be a provider also. Oh, okay. And so at that point, um, he had started school and I knew I needed to bring in money. Um, and so that kind of provided the opportunity to do that. There's nothing more motivating than knowing you have to do something. <laughs> the cool thing is now he's found his way and, you know, I have a little bit more freedom with things, but that's really kind of what lit the fire under my butt was necessity. I, necessity. Yeah. Yes. And I've always worked uh, from 15 years old. I have had a job. I've decided I really like working for myself mm -hmm. more than for other people. And so I've been able to do that. I can appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, so what was your first job? You're 15. What was that job? Oh, I worked at a snow shack <laughs> in Rexburg, Idaho. It was the cool place to work. Sounds awesome. I made the best snow cones in the world. <laughs> so what's the secret to a good snow cone then? Um, it's the ice. Oh. Yes. You've got to have the good soft ice with no ice chunks in it. And then we this actually had, like, I know, and we had a special way to like make the flavors. Oh. Who knew? I know. That Not was like me. my second job. He let me go and mix all the sugar water. And <laughs> anyway, it was really fun. Um, 
Okay, so one of the things you said really stood out to me. When you talked about transitioning into this type of business, you said somebody told you there's no way this will work. Yes. Tell me about that. What what kind of headwinds did you face as you first started transitioning into this? The fortunate thing for me is I already had a client base that mm. trusted me. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I maybe didn't fight the uphill battles a lot of people do when they transition into an industry mm -hmm. like this. I already had people that trusted me. Um, I'd been doing their hair forever and I had relationships with them. The uphill battle I had was with hair, they would come back to me every six to 12 weeks with permanent makeup. It's every one to three years. And so you burn through those clients very quickly and you have to grow from there. And so I, I got creative. Um, initially, I had an incentive plan for my clients and would give out little cards. And if they um, sent a friend in, their friend would get the $25 off and then they would get $25 off. And now fortunately for me, my client base just stays steady and consistent. But the driving force initially was just keeping those clients on the book. I utilize social media a lot, yeah, um, which is fantastic. It's a great place for any business to start. It's yeah. not my favorite thing to do, but it's free marketing. Sure. Yeah. So what social media platforms do you play on? Instagram is mm -hmm. number one. I've started dabbling into TikTok mm -hmm. and it's a riot. <laughs> I feel like I'm 16 years old sometimes, <laughs> but I mean, it's a platform that people are drawn to. And so why not use it until there's the next best thing? Yeah. Yeah. I actually think that one is, they figured out how to addict people so quickly <laughs> oh with that. It's crazy. It's totally crazy because you have... It, you open the app and it just starts going. Right. You don't have Well, and how the algorithm works too mm -hmm. is if you click on one thing that you care about. So for me, I hike a lot. Yeah. I mainly see hikers through my feed, whether I'm following them or not. Right. And so if somebody clicks on anything in accordance to my business, I show up at, on their page at some point right. because of how the algorithm works. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. for better or worse, I mean it's addictive yes can spend hours they're feeding and hours. what you like mm -hmm. yes yeah yeah i can't tell you how many hours and minutes and that i've lost like because you you look down you st and that's the other part you just do this and you're you get more and more yeah. and more and it never ends there's right. no end to it right i don't know how long i've spent on that thing but it's too long I, that is me i actually set timers on my phone now <laughs> I have teenagers Good for they you. need to learn by great. example. Mm. If I am on there for longer than 10 minutes, what am I doing? Nothing mm. productive. It's ultimate time waster, yes, isn't it? it is. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. But you do learn a lot too along the way. Do you? What do you learn? Sometimes. There's, there's some good things that... you learning like trigonometry on there. Totally. Absolutely. Biology, maybe. <laughs> that no. is exactly what shows no up learning in my any of that. <laughs> Recipes. Yes. That's a good one. Life hacks. Okay. Yeah, I wanna, you need some inspiration I want to ask you a real question then. How many TikTok recipes have you gone back and made at home? None. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Then they're not doing their job right. Honestly, <laughs> you've got to simplify the process. And that's my favorite accounts to follow are the ones that can give information, but they keep it very simple for the follower. So they do go and do what you recommend yeah. doing. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think if I've done anything. I've did, seen you, did you know that there is a filter in your dishwasher? 
that you need to clean regularly? I did. I follow. <laughs> TikTok a taught me that. Yes, I follow a cleaning lady, <laughs> and okay. she teaches you the craziest things. Yes. And guess what? I use her stuff, but she teaches you one thing at a time. Like that, there's a filter in a your filter. dishwasher. How do you clean yes. that? You just pull it out and wash. It's it, when you pull it out, you're like, that's always been there. <laughs> and, and you'll, you'll be actually die. You'll yes. be disgusted <laughs> to the point you don't use your dishwasher. Yeah, <laughs> it is so true. <laughs> We wow. Are, Amazing. We are gross, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay, so what's something that you've learned on on TikTok that you're like, I'm so glad I learned that thing? Oh, well, now you put me on the spot <laughs> as I tell you this. Let's see. The latest one, actually, it was a backpacking account. I'm always interested in backpacking yeah. food because we have all the freeze-dried foods. What They can be good, but I'm always looking for new (laughs) tips and tricks to, like, spice them up. Sure. And somebody mentioned doing instant mashed potatoes with this chili hash. Oh, that sounds awesome. It's brilliant. Yeah. That sounds great. And easy. Yeah. All right. So you heard it here first. TikTok is good. Yeah. Right? Totally. It's good for you. It has a place. Absolutely. It has a place (laughs) in your life. Thanks, TikTok. Yeah. Okay. So... I want to okay. I want to go back to like the first year of you starting this business. So you had some advantages because you had built a bit of a customer base that, you know, could easily move into this new spot. What were some of the challenges you faced in that first year of being in business? I will tell you that the first six months specifically, I would call my trainer all of the time and say, "I am quitting." <laughs> You are putting something permanent on somebody's face. And Mm. honestly, I gave some brows that were maybe a little uneven. Like this here? Just, no, yours are good, remember? (laughs) (laughs) And I needed to learn to trust the process. So sometimes you would put brows on and you're kind of like, oh, crap. And I have to tell them they look amazing. And I don't even know if they're going to look amazing. And they're so dark right now and bold. And then they heal and soften. Yeah. And so it took me about six months to trust the process. Mm -hmm. And also I was used to doing hair where it was instant. You knew exactly what you got. Yes. And instantly they would say, I am beautiful. Thank you. And I would get the praises right then with permanent makeup. They'd be like, okay, I'm going to trust the process. These are so dark on my face. I hope they'll lighten. And then for three days, because they get darker and darker, you're getting texts. And the whole time you're saying, oh, it will be fine. And really you're like, Oh, please let it be fine. Please be fine. (laughs) Because you don't know the process. Yeah. Anyway, after six months, I started to ease into that. But that was really, really hard. Because I want people to look good, feel good. Sure. And I wasn't sure if I was doing that for them. I wasn't even convinced. Um, So tell us a little bit more about this permanent makeup. I'm not, I don't have any personally. I mean, you're missing out. I might be. I don't know. So there's different modalities now. There's um, guns that you can use. They're like a tattoo gun. Um, Hand tools. I use a lot of hand Hand tools tools. where you're actually tapping the color into the skin. Is it like a hammer and a chisel? Just like that. No, it's it's actually, it is such a gentle process. They can feel it. We try to keep you numb, but very non-invasive. You're just flicking this tool and it implants color underneath the skin, just into the first three layers of your skin. I, it's, and then. How many layers do I have? <laughs> don't know. I don't know either. I mean, sometimes it feels Zach, like. Zach, would you I'm, look that up? Yeah, How many seriously. Sometimes it, it seems like I'm digging into your brain and I'm barely tapping if, that color. If he comes back and says there's two layers, I'm going to be really concerned. No, here. we've got more than that. 
then I better quit my job, right? <laughs> no. Um, and there's other tools where you kind of slice it through the skin to create hair, the illusion of hair strokes. Oh. You can do shading. It gives you like a, a shape that... Yes. Okay. So, I mean, you have your... Um, meeting with your client and you talk through everything you understand what they want what their desired look is mm. you get on the same page there are some people that have come in and i don't feel like we can bridge the desired re mm. result and i tell them another artist might be the mm. way to go mm -hmm. because i also have what i like to do also yeah hey, okay hey jenna are you sure you're not putting it straight to the bone because everything <laughs> i'm seeing says we have three layers of skin no, <laughs> no it is maybe i said that incorrectly maybe there's like some i need to go back to school layer. yes the top that's probably yeah. right i really yeah. should know the three sections of the and then top there's layers yes. of each section yeah okay Okay, I, I feel I okay about even. that. Yeah, it's been too long, you guys. <laughs> okay, so what can so we've talked about eyebrows. What can I do to my face, and what would you recommend I do? <laughs> oh, I am the wrong person Why? for that. Well, Here's you're a the pro. thing. No, okay. I am like the cheerleader of like just holding on to who you are and embracing mm -hmm. what you are, right? Mm -hmm. um, so with brows, I tell people they're just there to enhance things. Okay. You don't need them. And maybe I'm the worst saleswoman <laughs> ever. No, I think we are so hard on ourselves that you could look mm -hmm. in the mirror and literally find 50 different things that you want to change about yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm not about that. So it's one of those things I... You don't need to change a thing. Okay. But if you want to enhance those brows, I'm your woman. <laughs> okay. I love it. Is it just brows or do it? can I do other things So I only myself? focus on That's brows. Your, yeah, your other artists do lips, okay. eyeliner. Hmm. It's interesting that I do makeup. Makeup is not my jam. Mm -hmm. I'm very basic with my everyday makeup. Um, half the reason I love eyebrows is I feel like it gives women more time in the day to do what they want to do. Mm. Um, women will spend up to like 20 minutes shaping oh. their brows and drawing them on. And so for me, it gives me the freedom to go do what I love. Sure. And so that's probably the reason I love doing it is I get to save women time so that they can go do what they want. And uh, another cool side of it is I have clients, I had a client who just came, she lost all her hair from cancer mm. and she had just gotten her brows done right before cancer and she was able to still have these beautiful brows while losing her hair and her eyebrows and her eyelashes. And so she still had something on her face that mm. made her feel feminine and like a woman. So, mm. Mm. yep. That's actually really touching. <laughs> like it's, mm -hmm. it um, was, it was it, through all of her treatment. She would just send me pictures and say, I'm just so grateful I have mm. eyebrows. Mm. And now she's rocking the bald head, and I think <laughs> she should keep it forever because it's beautiful on her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when I was uh, probably 16 or so, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, she's good now, right? Um, but it was a long road to get there, certainly. And there's something about what you just said that really speaks to me, and maybe that's my own personal experience. But, you know, I remember as like a 16 year old, uh, like driving my mom to the hospital to, uh, to get treatments, driving her to the hospital when she had her initial surgery. I remember sitting in the waiting room, the pre-op waiting room with my mom, trying to make her laugh to try and like just ease the tension of the moment. And I told some great jokes, but just none of it, you know, was, was she wasn't in a mental place for that. Right. 
And, um, and I remember for months and months after that chemotherapy visits and, uh, you know, she was either getting chemotherapy or in bed recovering from chemotherapy for a, a lot of months for a long time. And, uh, I remember her telling me one time, um, we had just, I'd picked her up from her appointment. We were coming home and about halfway home, she opened the door and threw up, mm -hmm. right? Cause she's just so sick. Um, and I remember her telling me that I just hope something feels good again in my life. And the fact that you did something for this lady to give her that really says a lot. Right. It says a lot. Um, there's difficult experiences, and when you can provide some additional support to people, even little things make such a big difference, don't they? They do, especially when you're not feeling good yeah. or mm -hmm. feeling like yourself. Yeah. It is the little things that make a difference to that individual. Yeah. I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of clients like that, mm -hmm. that we're able to have that connection together. I mean, that's a really cool story. What do you feel like is some of the work that you've done um, that you're really proud of, that you feel like, man, I... If I hadn't have done that, then nobody would have. Eastside Credit Union offers business accounts that will fit your needs. We have dividend earning checking accounts and high yield savings accounts, like our brand new Velocity Money Market that earns up to 2%. Check us out at eastsideocu.org slash business. What do you feel like is some of the work that you've done um, that you're really proud of, that you feel like, man, I, if I hadn't have done that, then nobody would have. Or at least I'm glad I got to take part in that. You know, if we can bring it out of permanent makeup. Sure, of course. Uh, there's a couple things I've been a part of that I, whether it kind of fell into my lap or I put it out in the universe and it came back to me. I am very fortunate to be surrounded by really, really amazing women in particular. Mm. Men are there too, but in my, <laughs> in my industry, I'm not discounting men. I just typically work alongside women. But even during COVID, um, I was supposed to work with a group of people here in Idaho Falls to do a nonprofit thing to raise money for healthcare workers. And I happened to get COVID during that time oh and I was deathly ill. And so I canceled on them. And these were incredible people in the community that I was nervous to even work with because I was this small fish in this big pond and they were, I mean, they're brilliant people right. here. So I had to send a text and with a little bit of relief because I was so nervous anyway. And um, I still wanted to do something to give back to healthcare workers. I have a husband who during that time he was running an assisted living here in Idaho Falls and he had lost nine people at that point um, due to COVID. And I was sitting at a funeral for one of them that he was speaking at and he just said, she spoke about this woman as a light. She was this light in his building. Mm. And I just had a moment of, how can I be a light right now? Mm. Um, that was prior to getting COVID. So two weeks later, I get COVID. I'm so sick. My husband is so sick. And I just mentioned on my social media, raising a little bit of money to give back to healthcare workers. And I said, maybe we can give them a hug and a cup. And it was such a little statement. I came up with it because I had driven through a Starbucks and every time they give me my coffee, I think, oh my gosh, they just gave me a hug and a cup and I'm so grateful for it. <laughs> so this caught on 
to the masses. And it started this movement, and I had a couple friends get on board, and this nonprofit happened. And Hydroflask decided to jump in on it and donate 500 Hydroflasks that showed up in my driveway. Wow. <laughs> we had so much money donated. I had one client, her husband's business donated $20,000. Wow. Wow. I mean, if you want to be touched, have somebody donate something to you without you fully knowing what it's going to be. And what we did is we took these Hydro Flasks and they had gift cards from local um, vendors and people around the community and we were able to give them to healthcare workers here. Interestingly enough, Good Morning America picked up on it and had us on Good Morning America. <laughs> and so then it kind of went around the nation. Um, we've slowed down that on that a little bit, but that drove me into another business that I had started during that time called The Experience. And this is where I get to rub shoulders with amazing women, yeah. where I am always in awe of who these women are. But we facilitate a weekend where they come out and they do these incredibly hard hikes. And the whole point behind it is to kind of break you down so that you can get to a place of vulnerability mm -hmm. and then see how you can bring yourself back up through a hard time. So in a few months, we're doing rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. Oh, cool. And these women come and they do one rim to the other. It's 23 miles. They get a few hours of sleep and then they're going back again. The magic happens on that second day when they are so tired and they don't want to do it. And then they get to see what they're made of. Mm. And the cool thing about that is it translates into their everyday life because they realize it's through those hard times and pushing yourself through that grit that you really can do things that you didn't think that you could do before. And that is the whole purpose of that business is to bring them so that they can see that they can say yes to those things that may be difficult, um, but it will help them grow in their career, their mm. marriage. Um, mm -hmm even being a mother. Sure. So it's really cool. Have you ever read the book Grit? No. So I'm sure my husband has. There's a there's a book that's the title book. Okay. Uh, it's Grit and it's by uh, this author. Her name is Angela Duckworth. Okay. And um, I forget her actual field of study, but she has like eight doctorates and all these different disciplines. She's a brilliant woman, incredible. And she did this study on... Um, basically the determining factors for success and what it turns out it's not talent it's not intelligence it's not charisma it's not any it's grit it's the one singular item that um, determines long-term success in almost everything um, and it's actually really really interesting because she goes through different historical figures and like rates them rates them on their their grittiness um, and as you imagine, you know, most of them are very highly rated in their grittiness. And um, I think one of the realities that we always forget about is uh, people see like that much of success, right? Like so I, it would be really easy for me to look at you and be like, yeah, she's got this successful business. She's got this really cool, you know, experience, you know, group that she does all this really cool work with. She's got it made in the shade, right? This life is good. And, and maybe that's true, but that's far from the whole story far from it always yeah always I think 
um, I had a moment in experience with that about five years ago. My husband and I, we were going through a divorce. We mm. got remarried. But during that time... Mm, we have to dig into that a little bit I know, more, right? <laughs> I know. So wild. Um, but during that time, um, I was really trying to grow my business. So I was utilizing social media. And of course, I'm not going to put out there what's going on in mm. my personal life. And I remember a woman saying to me, I wish I had your life. You have it all together. Mm. And all I thought is, you have no idea, mm -hmm. no idea. And that impacted me in such a way that I now am able to view social media just with that grain of salt <laughs> and understand that I'm only seeing the tip of the iceberg and that's okay, but I'm not going to place everybody on pedestals anymore yeah. because they're human just like I am and they have the bad days just like I do. Yeah. But the difference is what you said. Yeah those people that are showing up and doing those things and growing those business businesses during those hard times is they just have that little bit of grit that keeps them going. We did an interview with a um, uh, social media celebrity, YouTube personality. And, um, you know, part of her story was that, you know, for five years, nothing happened. Uh, then something happened all of a sudden and the success came. But Nobody talks about those five years of just nothing. No. <laughs> just banging your head up against the wall every single day. Every day. Mm -hmm. But what would have happened if that person quit at four and a half years? Yeah. They would have never have seen the success yeah. well, at I, five years. I, I think the vast majority of people would have gone six months and said, this isn't really working. It's hard. walk away from yeah. it, right? That grind is hard and mm. maddening. <laughs> and then so cool once you have that lucky break. Isn't it magic? It's right? magic. It yes. really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, I think about people that I know and people that I care about who, um, who've gone through different struggles for different reasons, right? And some of it's probably self-imposed and some of it is just circumstances of life, right? That, that everybody kind of has to deal with. Um, and I, I've seen a difference, like there's two, it feels like there's two ways to handle those struggles, whether they're in business or personal life or whatever. There are the people who, and I'm going to fail to explain this probably very well, but there's people who seem to take those experiences and let it build them. And then there's people who take those experiences and let it make them bitter. And it actually probably drags them further down. And I'm always fascinated with the two reactions to those challenging moments and experiences. Um, and I don't know why people do what they do and why they decide to either use it for their own benefit or for to let them destroy them. Um, but it's, it's really, it's really interesting. I have this friend who, a uh, friend, acquaintance maybe, <laughs> but uh, that I knew years and years ago, like in high school and I think maybe the way to put it is he, he didn't really like win the genetic lottery, not a super good looking dude or anything like that, was not terribly successful with the ladies. And I think most people or some people would have said, okay, I don't have Stephen Foster's eyebrows, but... <laughs> but you <I'm>, weren't kidding. <laughs> but, but, I, <laughs> but I'm going to figure out a way to make this work, right? I'm going to get real smart. I'm going to read lots of books. I'm going to develop a sense of humor. I'm going to develop something that is useful and people like. Um, he didn't do that. He just decided to get bitter. And it's, it's like destroyed his life. It's very sad to watch, actually. It is sad to watch. And 
I think, so with the experience, you'll hear the motto, choose the hard climb. Mm. And to preface that, I actually gave a TED Talk specifically on this. Mm -hmm. Um, It's choose the hard climb so that you're readily prepared for the things that happen to you. I love it. There Mm. are things that will happen every single day to you that you didn't ask for. Mm -hmm. um, But you get the choice to fall victim to to them Mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. And so that is at the experience. We try to help them find the tools to readily prepare them for those things that come their way so that they're more capable to show up in their every single day lives. Mm. Um, I have very hard things that happen in my life. I, I'm not, um, everybody does Yeah. still need to show up Yeah. if you want to have a good life. <laughs> I've always, my old man used to always say, he's like, I'm not good at much, but I'm real good at showing up to stuff. Yes. I think that's 95% of it. It's just showing up. I think you're right. And that's exactly, if I have a superpower, I am not the smartest person. (laughs) I surround myself with the smartest people. (laughs) I'm really good at that. I'm not the most creative, um, but I will show up. Yeah. And it's really, really been an advantage in my everyday life with the people around me Mm. in business. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Sure. (laughs) But... At the end of the day, I don't want to fall victim to the bad things that happen in my life. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do about it. They're going to happen. Mm-hmm. So how can I prepare myself for the things that come my way? So let's talk about that because that's interesting. So you've clearly done some challenging things. And in fact, you've you know run this whole organization that's all about prepping women for the challenging moments ahead. Right. What, what do you, what's your strategy? What do you do? How do you do it? What's the magic there? Oh, the magic sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is a really good question. I don't even know if if I can articulate what it is. It's the mental fortitude Mm. and the understanding that life will work out for you Mm -hmm. and that we can't control every single aspect of it, but it's having the trust in yourself and those around you that it will all work out. So maybe that's where the magic sauce is. I have trust in myself mm. to understand and know that it will work out. Mm. Some deep stuff there. Okay, how do you tr- how do you get to a point where you trust yourself? So few people really It's practiced. Do. Yeah. I feel like it's very practiced. I feel like when I was younger, I relied on everybody's opinions on me mm-hmm. and for me. And I did a lot of things in my life that was for them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it nearly drove me crazy because I was living for them. And so it just took that little bit of practice of doing things that maybe made other people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But man, I felt really good with myself and I felt okay with myself. And then I learned that they had to be responsible for their responses. Mm. And then I could be responsible for mine. I think it comes with age a little bit. (laughs) Sure. Um, But the last eight years, it's been a very practiced thing. Mm. Um, And I still have reality checks. And I have to check in with myself and say, are you doing this because it's what you're meant to do? Or are you doing it because you feel like you have to do it to make somebody happy? Mm. Mm. That's not a way to live your life nothing will fall into place how it needs to fall into place if you're not coming from a place of authenticity and what is right for you. Mm-hmm. If you're living from that place, it absolutely falls into place. And so now 
where I say it's practice. Now I've seen it happen so many times in my life. I can't help but just hold that trust because I've seen it work out. Yeah. Even to the experience at the end of last year, I kind of had decided I wanted to shut that business down. I didn't know if I could do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And then three months into this year, I just kept having that nudge. And I knew a lot of things had to change in the business and that a lot of hard decisions needed to be made. And I knew it right in my gut. And they were things I did not want to do. I did not want to pull the trigger on some of the decisions I needed to make <laughs> because it would hurt people's feelings. Yeah. Yes. Like what? Like what, what, what were you having I, to do there? So I started the company with two business partners. They're dear friends. Yeah. They're wonderful. I think we've made it through. <laughs> but having the conversation with two friends and saying, I need to take this business on solo. Mm. I mean, it's gut-wrenching. And they're brilliant women, but I knew in order for this business to grow and to have it be what it needed to be, that I needed to go a different direction. Different visions. Different visions, um, different way of doing things. Mm -hmm. This was my baby initially. I had brought them on because they have great skill sets. Mm -hmm. I will never discount how brilliant they are with what they do. Um, and so I had that conversation and as horrible as it was and lots of tears shed, the second I opened my mouth to say, we need to go different directions, I felt at peace Mm -hmm. and I knew I could move forward with this business. Mm -hmm. I brought it up on social media saying, Hey, I may do two events this year. Mind you, I had not advertised or marketed this business in probably about six months. I would put a few things here and there on social media just to show up and say, hey, guys, I'm still here. And I thought, there's no way I they're going to jump on board with this. Hmm. A week later, I launched the Grand Canyon with my kids in the front room. I was alone on the computer, not even sure if I would sell one spot. And we sold out in three minutes. Wow. And I had such a long wait list and I had a team in place that texted me in that moment and said, if you do a second one, we'll come and help you again because they see the vision. Mm -hmm. And while they're not my partners, I brought them on as a team and this business now, because it's aligned with what feels good for me and what feels good for the community. They're just jumping in and it's building quicker than I can keep up with Yeah, because they can feel what it's meant to be at this point. Wow. So amazing. So, so cool. how do you deal with these situations? Because they're, they come up for all of us, but when the hard decision, the hard call has to be made <laughs> and there's friends, family, coworkers that you care about that are potentially collateral damage as part of this, right? Where feelings can be hurt and people, you know, misunderstand and maybe assume the worst. How do you deal with those situations? I was fortunate enough that my two business partners, they're good at hearing things Mm -hmm. and they try to understand. We could all acknowledge that feelings were hurt. They can say to me, Jenna, that hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. and I can apologize and understand it. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate um, that those were who my business partners were. And so there wasn't a huge fallout as far as friendship goes. Will it change? Probably when feelings are hurt. Um, that's kind of what happens, but I think that's the risk 
within business in itself, you're not always going to have relationships that stay 100%. Mm-hmm. You're going to have disagreements. And sometimes you need to go your separate ways. And you can look at it as they were in your life for that re- season. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And it's okay if they exit out also. You'll be okay. There will be other people there for you. And you can have fond, good memories of them. And leave it there if needed. Mm-hmm. I have lots of really good friends that used to be best friends 10 years ago. We've gone our separate ways. I still have great memories with them. They just were there for that season of life yeah. and that's okay. And I can honor that. Yeah. And I think that goes right into the work environment also mm. that you're going to have people that go their second separate ways and that is okay. That's a part of it. That's our human existence. Sure. Yeah. There's only a couple people in my whole life that have been along for the whole ride. Right. Very, very few when you get down to but it. But would you say you've burned bridges with all the people that aren't in no. your lives? No. no. And so that's where it doesn't always have to be casualty relationships, sure. even though we all have those and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, we learn and we grow through those. And Sometimes it's nice to cut those people out. It oh is. man, it Listen, feels good, I, it? I can... Totally agree with that. There is a time and a place to cut out people in your life that bring you down or are toxic to you. So Mm. absolutely, it's okay to burn that bridge. But the reality is most of your relationships, it's just they just needed to be there for the season. No Mm. hard feelings. And you move past that. Yes, it's hard to have those initial conversations, but it doesn't mean that you have to burn the house down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So talking about the experience a little bit more, what, what what would you say is the mission of that organization? What, what are you really trying to co- accomplish? What's the end goal? What does the next 10 years look like? I want, it, so we'll start in the now. I want people to find that worth within themselves to realize how capable they are to do the things they want to do. Mm-hmm. I have been fortunate enough within myself to say, well, I want to do this and I just go and do it and make it happen. A lot of women don't see that within themselves, mm-hmm. whether they got lost in raising their children or they grew mm-hmm. up thinking their worth wasn't anything more than that. But I want them to learn how to put themselves in situations where they go, man, I would have missed out on something really big had I not said yes to that. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, maybe I could try this new business or maybe I should start working part-time doing X, Y, and Z. Whatever it is that makes them feel comfortable, I want them to find that within themselves so that they can see that they are of value and worthy to do these things. Mm. Uh, Where do I want this business in 10 years? Most likely, a lot of it will go online. I love doing these big events, but they take a lot, and it's just not lucrative to do these big events and bring all these women along. So that's kind of a four times a year thing. So right now I'm trying to get creative with the online platform to help women see it through that. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm working on that right now. Also, the side part of that, the modality I use is hiking. So I love to educate women on just the basics of hiking and backpacking. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I'm trying to teach them how to include their families in that. Mm. And so I bring my kids along for the ride. They do these crazy things and they get to teach people how to do things too. So there's a lot of different ways it could go. I'm open for it to go with whatever direction it needs to go. Where I thought it would be two years ago is not where it is today. It's far greater. 
And so I'm open to it. I have all of these ideas and I have full confidence that whatever's supposed to happen, that's where it's supposed to be. Do I want it to be around in 10 years? Absolutely. I feel like this is something that helps women and helps people and changes their lives. I've seen it over and over. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you make the decision to pivot in your business, to change something you Talked about two years ago, it was something different. Now it's this, and maybe tomorrow it's something else. Listen, if, if I'm a master at anything, it's I can pivot. <laughs> if it's not working, I'm not going to waste another minute. You don't get emotionally attached to no, it. No, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. Why waste my time on something that's not working? I only have so much energy to give, and I'm not going to waste another second on something that is not working for me. And that may be why I'm okay having the hard conversations sure. and telling people, this isn't working. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of businesses where they struggle is they don't allow themselves. They, mm-hmm. they don't pivot. They want mm-hmm. to stay focused on that end goal of what they think the end goal needs to be. And they're missing out on the opportunity that was over here because they're not willing to look at it. Yeah. So that's, I keep it open. I talk to a bunch of different people realizing they may be a part of it at one point or another. I have a therapist out of California that's coming along next year (laughs) for me. Uh, Did I think I would ever have a therapist come to one of them? No, but I realized there was a need for intense therapy at one and I can't do that. I'm not a therapist. I will never be a therapist and I don't want to be. (laughs) And she was so on board that she's going to come in and we're doing a big backpacking one together. That was never on my original plans, but it just happened. Yeah. Amazing. That is really cool. Okay. So if I was an interested party, how could I find the experience? How could I find um, your permanent makeup shop? How do, how do I do that? I've got web pages for both of them, mm-hmm. but honestly, the best platform is Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I use it the most. I show up there the most. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hitting this. Sometimes I'm all in and then other times I just got to take a break. But yeah. all the information is there. Uh, permanent makeup. I have an assistant She's whose information I put on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's who you talk to before you book an appointment. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. How many people um, do you take with you on a trip for the experience? So we have taken as few as 10 and up to 22. 22 never again. That was a very great <laughs> learning experience. Well, you think more people, more money. Yeah. I decided it's not worth the money. I want it. It was too much. I really like 10 people. Mm. So the Grand Canyon, we've got 10 to 12. Um, We typically start with 12 and we know that a couple drop out beforehand. Yeah. 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 And um, it's a, it is a 20 week, just so you know, for them, it's a process because they have to prepare for it. Right. We have a workbook for them. Yes. And the thing is, if they aren't committed to it, it's not, it's a safety thing for us. Mm-hmm. And we kind of say maybe next time. Yeah, yeah. sure. But they, yeah. Sh- they show up. I mean, they are working hard. I was going to ask what kind of prep work does it take <laughs> to do rim to rim to rim to rim? A lot. Yeah. So yeah, so it's rim to rim to rim. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't know how many. I know you already you need to there. have like a physical baseline. Yeah. Uh, but I tell a lot of them, a lot of it really is mental fortitude, right? So. We are so capable of doing that. You just need to tell yourself that you can do that. But we, um, have a workbook with some basic, basic journal prompts to kind of get their brains thinking mm-hmm. through the process of that mental fortitude. Mm-hmm. Um, ones that talk about their support system, can they support themselves? Do they have, 
you know, people around them that support them. And then we have weekly hiking goals. Hmm. And then we have monthly hiking goals where they get X long hikes in during that month so that they can see how their body responds over a 15 mile hike because it changes significantly from five miles to 15 miles. And it is their job, not my job, their job to figure out how their body will respond Mm. and what fuel it needs and what nourishment it needs. And then I hired um, a trainer um, to write a workout program that gives them supplemental exercises mm. to strengthen their joints. Right, yeah. So it's not a workout program to lose weight or anything like that. It's to um, implement things to strengthen your knees and your ankles and your shoulders, mm-hmm. all of those joints as you hold the heavy packs and as you climb up intense stairs in the Grand Canyon. Right. Now, I think I read that you're also a runner, right? I am a runner. So tell us about that because I there's something thing that's like really uniquely connected from like endurance runners to just like pure grittiness Mm -hmm. right and and just like mental fortitude and which tends to make them pretty successful at the stuff Mm -hmm. that they do um so running i've always been a runner per se yeah but about four years ago i started working out at a local place orange theory here in idaho Mm -hmm. falls i actually coach over there now Mm -hmm. um two classes a week but I started running on the treadmill and I always told myself I was a runner, but I just was the slow runner. And I started running at Orange Theory and they would have these benchmark challenges where you would run a mile and Mm -hmm. you would see how fast you could do it. Mm -hmm. Or you would run for 12 minutes and see how far you could go in 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize okay, I could, I'm actually a decent runner mm-hmm. and I got faster and faster and faster. I tried to qualify for Boston two years ago. That was kind of the height of my running. Maybe it was three years ago. At mile 13, I actually tore oh, something no. in my hip. I made it to mile 20 running and oh, I still was oh, wow. under the time to qualify, but I literally hobbled in the last six miles. I wasn't not going to finish, but man, it was painful. I can only imagine. And I haven't gone back after a marathon yet. I would like mm-hmm. to. I've been uh, into trail running. I love mm-hmm. trail running. Me so too. Moab Marathon. Yeah. yeah, Moab Half Marathon. My husband's actually the one that you need to talk to when it comes to ultra marathons. Mm-hmm. He runs 50 milers. Yeah. He's insane. I've done a couple of those. You it's, have? It's been a number of years now because I have some injuries. But wow. Yeah, I've done a couple ultra marathons. Here's something that I find really interesting. Um in relation to the experience a little, I've been thinking about this the whole time. On ultra marathons, you have the, the people that perform well in those are never the people that you think they're going to be. Right. Because you don't run an ultra marathon with your legs, you run it with your mind. Really, 100%. Right. Yeah. And so young people tend to do terribly, right? Mm-hmm. They do really, really bad. Like if they're in their 20s, these are people who qualify for Boston but can't run an ultra marathon. Because they don't have it here. Like, they don't have the mental fortitude yet. Right. Because a lot of that comes from experience and just constant disappointments from life. And I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I mean, kind of. You realize that those miles are therapy for you. That's right. And um, the other one, this one I always found super fascinating. Women who have children outperform men almost universally too. Interesting. Well, even with that, my age group right now tends to be one of the fastest age groups Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And the younger, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some 20-year-olds that will outrun me, no problem. There's a couple of anomalies. They're like, well, collegiate athletes. I mean, they're just phenomenal anyway. But, yeah, I I don't know the science behind that or if just having children makes you go, I can do anything. Or they're running (laughs) away from home probably, (laughs) really. (laughs) Get me out of here. But, yeah, most ultra runners, they peak in, like, their mid-30s. Okay. Mid to late 30s, that's where they kind of peak. Interesting. Yeah, isn't that weird? I mean, I believe it. Uh, I follow a few ultra marathoners Mm -hmm. that are – Probably if I have idols, there's some of them. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's my husband. He talked to a guy. I can't even remember his name. He's big in the ultra marathon mm-hmm. world and 60 years old. And he's running with him. He's like, I got to run with him for like 30 seconds. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. but it was so cool because this guy used to win all these races mm-hmm. and people just idolize him. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to business. The ones that are at the top are usually the most humble. Yeah, that's right. And so my husband says, do you have any advice for me as they're running along? And he said, run your race. Oh, I love it. I love it. And it was just so simple and so profound. And the cool thing is they're all running the same race. They're all taking the same steps just at different speeds. But that's okay. You're still doing it. So, gosh, yeah. what great advice! I, that is. I love it. I know. I, I think that's that's not just running advice. That's for sure. Oh, that's absolutely. A but that's yeah. what I love about these ultra marathons, or marathons, or even at the experience these long hikes. Yeah. Yesterday, so many life lessons yeah. are taken from those places. Yeah. Uh, on the mountain yesterday, we got caught up in this massive hailstorm. <laughs> I am the most prepared person in the world, especially when it comes to weather. And you better believe we checked every bit of that weather. An hour long trekking down on these huge rocks and it was just pelting us. And I just had that thought. These are those moments like you cannot predict everything that's going to happen in your life. But guess what? You still have to take those steps. Yeah. I still have to walk off this mountain, even though I want to curse the heavens and be like, what is this? And we checked the weather when we got off the mountain. Guess what? Sunny, clear, blue skies. It literally came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many life lessons when you're doing these amazing hard things that test your mind. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was Bailey the other day. She asked me, she was like, what, what's the biggest challenge that you've overcome in in over the course of your career and actually i i don't know if you remember what i told you at east Idaho credit union we're a full service business lending center we can help with all of your needs from a small startup all the way to a large enterprise and everything in between our commercial loan officers will work with you to understand your business and to help get you to the next level come check us out at eastsidocuorg slash business i think it was bailey the other day she asked me, she was like, what, what's the biggest challenge that you've overcome in, in over the course of your career? And actually, I, I don't know if you remember what I told you. I told her, oh, I think it's myself, actually, overcoming my own insecurities, my own weaknesses. That's really probably the biggest challenge that I think I faced. Ultimately, if you get this right, you can, you can deal with the hail. You can mm-hmm. deal with the sharp rocks. You can deal with all that stuff. Right. But, but you really do have to get your whole being in the right place. And look, none of us are perfect. No. But you can cultivate the right kind of mindset that drives you and propels you forward over those difficult obstacles. 
Run Your Own Race. Such a good one. It's a good I know. One. I loved it. It was Amazing. so simple. Yeah. And we took it home with us. That's like a running monk. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was. Yeah. And then he went off and <laughs> smoked with his friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess the key is to run your race and go get high. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that probably works for some I people. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, okay. So. You're a fun person. I can tell. <laughs> you're just. Are like, you familiar with the Enneagram? No. What is that? Yeah. Oh, you are. Okay. <laughs> what is that? I knew you would be. So <laughs> there is nine personality types on this Enneagram. And mm. I swear, I know there's all these different personality tests and some of them are amazing and some are kind of. Right. This one I love. So okay. you are typed by these numbers. I am a number seven, okay. which very much is more of the fun loving. Uh-huh. Everything has to have a fun factor to, to it and excite me. Mm-hmm. That's with business. If it doesn't excite me, and when I say I'm the master at pivoting, it's because I've lost excitement and I got to switch it up. Yeah. yeah uh, and yeah. so everything kind of has to is have Is there that. a link to ADD there maybe? I d- honestly have ADHD I do probably. too. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. But it fuels. I haven't even really been diagnosed until recently. And I was like, it makes perfect sense, <laughs> but it fuels me and life. I'm okay with it. I, you know what? I, I think sometimes these people like you and I, who are not like, I think they call them neurotypical, right? Where we're a little bit different. Our brains work a little bit different. I think the one thing that people overlook all the time is there's some superpowers associated with the differences in how our brains work, your ability to pivot onto new things, to, you know, to change, to get passionate about your new direction. That's a superpower that comes with the way your brain works. And I, I believe that. Yeah. But the difficulty thing, and mm. you had asked me a question earlier mm. that I really had to think about, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I did TEDx that one of the coaches was able to help me identify this. I do think differently, but it's really hard to translate that into words and on paper. I just say, well, no, just do it because that's what you do, right? Why don't you get it? Yes. And so on the flip side, it's very hard because, and I've had to learn that with the experience, I really have to figure out and hone in on that message so that they understand Mm -hmm. it because they're not inside my head. It makes perfect sense to me, right? but most people don't understand the processes or Mm -hmm. how it works and you have to learn to communicate that. That's been difficult. Uh, you know, early in my career, I got the feedback frequently that I, I ran over people. Um, I moved too fast. That You know the f- same feedback. I'm sure you've gotten this. I, I, I struggle when people don't do things quickly right. or same. quick enough or efficiently. If they're not efficient with their work, it just drives me bonkers. It's taken me years and years to discover how to bring people along on the journey that I'm going through. Because people typically want to follow. They just don't know how to follow this weird path that I'm going down. So what's been your key for that? Um, I think cultivating empathy has been really, really helpful for me. Um, Slowing down and thinking about other people's experience has changed the way that I work with people around me. And so I don't always, and you can ask anybody on my staff, they'll, they'll tell you that at times I'll forget to tell them steps for something because I think they're already there with me. Yes. Right. And I'm already seven steps past that. Yes. 
And I just forget that they're not also there with me, right? Catch up, guys. Yeah, no. yeah, you see Bailey shaking her head. Like, yeah, yeah, it's super annoying. Yeah. And what's been really, really interesting is as I've cultivated some empathy for other people's experiences, it not only has it helped me bring them along with steps one through seven, even if they're, you know, it takes them some more time to get there. It's helped me, what's the right way to put this? It's helped me to realize maybe that just because it's my way doesn't mean it's the right way. Right, mm-hmm. correct. And um, that Bailey might do something really, really different for me, but get to the same or maybe even a better outcome yes. than I do. Yep. And so, um, so I think some of the cultivation of empathy has led to some additional humility where I've been able to say, maybe I don't have the answer, even though I came up with 12 answers for this question. Mm-hmm. Of course. Maybe there's a 13th that I haven't thought of. Right. Which to be fair is infrequent, but it does it does happen, right? right? Um, where other people who think differently than me are able to come up with different solutions. Um, but ultimately, I think it's just like little steps every day to try to be aware of my own weakness yes. and my own mistakes um, that help me kind of manage it. And, you know, it's taken me many, many years, and I'm still not great at it. I'm a lot better than I was. Um, it's processes. It's process. Yeah. 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 And it's never, it's never over. Right. This, right. this will be something that irritates my wife until the day one of us dies. Right. <laughs> More yeah. than likely. Yeah. Um, and that's, this is sort of how it goes. Well, and the other thing that I've, I've realized is I'm building teams. I have to find people that have, and I've always thought about it this way and it's probably the wrong way to think about it, but, um, I have to find people that have different weaknesses than I have. Absolutely. Or different strengths, strengths. whatever way yeah. you want to put it. Yep. But in totally. my head, I've always thought about it as weaknesses, but that's probably not necessarily the right way. Um, and so if you look at like my team that I have right now, they're all very different from each other. They're all very different from me, um, but they all have like a little bit of the total package that we have to deliver sometimes. Right. And, um, like Bailey is, she does these incredible uh, like TikTok videos. We were talking about TikTok. Love it. She's a video that just hit 1.4 million views. That's, that's wild. Yeah, that's I awesome. Can't, I can't do that. Yes, right? you can. No, I probably can't. Um, but <laughs> Bailey can, and that's why I gotta have Bailey. Yes, absolutely. Right, and then like Andrea back here, who's looking at the monitor. Andrea makes sure that we don't miss little details. And it's irritating all the time, but dang it if she's not right, right. all the time, right? right? Yep. We got to have Andrea to make sure that we don't miss stuff. Zach's also here, and that's great. But um, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on page four of this uh, Enneagram test. I really want to find out what I Oh, am. my gosh. I know. There is actually a podcast that I need to find and send to you guys that yeah. I love listening to it because they kind of break down each number. It's so fascinating. And you can take tests for the Enneagram, but the people who are really into it, they say, honestly, you can kind of just find your type and know what you are. You don't yeah. necessarily mm. need to take the it, test. It, what would you say we are? I wish I could. You're not that she doesn't, familiar with She it? doesn't know us well enough uh, yet, you know? There yeah, are okay. some That's people fair. that I can identify Instantly through and you can through. Tell. Yeah. 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 yeah, I have friends that I know exactly what they are, <laughs> but I love it. And the cool thing is when you're able to identify that, you know how to u- utilize their strengths. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the cool thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah, interesting. Zach, yeah. What do you, so what do you think you are? Did they tell you what the different types are? No, not not yet. Okay. I, I don't know that much about it. How much <laughs> How much does it cost to take that? Oh, um, you, there's free ho- tests. Hopefully it's free. <laughs> there's, there's free They ones charge you before sure. they give you the results. And again, I'm on Andrea's computer, so whatever I am, she's going to be served up ads or whatever. <laughs> It's oh. funny because I'm so interested in everybody else's, but I've never done it myself. Oh, you need to do it. I, I do. It's fun. It's really great. And then you're able to kind of understand a few things about yourself. Yeah. And and the thing is, I love these tests. I find great, I don't want to say entertainment, even though there's entertainment value. I also don't hold that as my truth either, right? Mm-hmm. We still are allowed to be different mm-hmm. than what sometimes we pigeonhole ourselves mm-hmm. to be. So... Take it with a grain of salt. It helps you understand a few things a little bit better. Super fascinating, but you can still go and change and be what you need to be. I think you're right. Yeah, I remember I've got a couple of funny stories. Like one of the things that frequently people have asked me over the course of my career um, is like, you know, how do I know which direction and what path I should take in my career? And one of the things I always talk to them about is it's just as important to know what you are and what you're not. Right. Right. I had this leader one time that I really respected and really liked a lot. When I first went into like my first leadership job, I tried to emulate him, but we're not the same. No. We're not even kind of the same. And it didn't work well. And I had to figure out really what I was before I started to find some success, you know, down that career path. But I think you're right. Like <laughs> there's this one company I worked at where we were trying to develop um, it was a technology company. We were trying to develop tools for sales people to just be more effective as they were selling. And so one of the things that we were trying to do, it's actually really interesting, but it was on a phone call, we would have an AI listen to the call and try to analyze what that person was like that you were talking to. And then give you like tips and advice interesting. on how to work with that individual. Mm, right. And we never could get it to work, but not, <laughs> Dang well, it. not well anyway. The idea was good. It was a cool idea. Yeah. Um, the idea was like, man, if we could like basically have an AI prescriptively tell you what to do on a call to raise your rates of success, that would be really neat. Right. It's a great idea. So as part of that, we purchased one of these kinds of companies that did like these personality tests. And it was really, really interesting because they had all this data for like 40 years of different personality types and how you identified them and how you talk to them, how you work with them. And so everybody at the company took this personality test. And one of the types um, they called was a dominant communication style type. So is this the Myers-Briggs? It's similar. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's similar. Um, But anyway, anybody who got like this, they're like, oh, I have this dominant personality type. It sort of gave they thought it gave him license to just be a jerk all the time, right? I know. <laughs> and they'd act like a jerk. They'd like walk into someone's office and be like, hey, you better give me that thing or I'm going to get up all on your grill. <laughs> and, and then you'd be like, whoa, you need to calm down. And they're like, what? Well, it's not my fault. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dominant person. <laughs> oh my right? yes. dominant. And it became this whole problem. It I was kind of hilarious, it. Yeah. actually. Yeah. In hindsight, it was like, how stupid were was right. everybody? It was like 100 people all acting a fool like that. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, the cool – maybe maybe it didn't work for you guys. I'm like, 
in the work setting, sometimes it does help to understand personality types. Mm -hmm. So you know how to communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. But that's where I think if you take it way too seriously, then that's where you You become. Well, I'm like, why why pigeonhole yourself into a personality? Agreed. Yeah. Like you can change. You can be whatever you want to be. Yeah. Be what you want to be. Right. That's what I learned from cartoons in the 90s. I know. Yeah. (laughs) When we had good cartoons. (laughs) True. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, so what did you get, Zach? I'm an eight. Wait. An eight. What does no, that that's mean? A nine. That's a nine. I was going to say you you're said no. You said eight, and I was oh. like, you're not an eight. Oh wow. I can <laughs> tell. I actually would have said nine or two for you. I'm a, I'm you a know, nine. Nines are renowned no, I, for their two, lack of attention to detail. No. No. Thing. Two, <laughs> two is my second strongest as well. Yeah. She's a pro. Dang, she that's is a pro. Impressive. She's a pro. Yeah. Okay, so what is, what is a nine? What does that uh, mean? Nines are defined by desire to live in peaceful harmony with their environment. Yeah, they I could want feel a sense of balance him. and calm, and <laughs> yep. aspire so to a kind of homeostasis where nothing disrupts or disrupts their inner peace. They tend to be easygoing and accepting of what is happening around them, but can become resistant and willing willingly oblivious when something in their environment threatens to throw them off balance. Oh my gosh! Paid to see the rest. <laughs> Paid to see. <laughs> For ten ninety nine, you it. can that's, learn how to harness. I feel like your that's Oh yeah, there's a whole lot below this yeah. too. So okay. that's where that's sometimes really I will funny. know, but it right has to be bat. fairly obvious. So what is a two? <clears throat> that was your second high score. You, they, you no, have to pay sure. for that. It huh? gives me the nine. It just tells you yeah. about nine. So I'm what's sure a two? Do you remember? I feel like two is fairly similar to that. I don't want to say people pleasing because that sounds not good, but they really they want to make sure everybody <laughs> yeah, is okay. Like, yeah, and they're people little, pleasing. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. They are. I have friends that are too, and they are there to serve and make sure you're okay. And they what, don't take care of themselves. Well, as what's well. a one? I need more twos in my. Oh, uh, I can't even yeah. remember what ones are. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm I don't think that graph can get smaller. <laughs> I'm familiar with like threes mm. because I have a lot of threes in my life. Those are going to be. You probably could fall into a okay. three very business oriented. Mm. They get things done, task oriented. Um, I could see maybe a little seven with you too. Okay. Yeah. What are you, he just, <laughs> ones face. are conscientious of ethical, of, oh, this is Andrea and ethical. Oh, this is a strong is sense of right and wrong. Yeah. Yes. This is Andrea. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I clearly don't have a lot of ones in my life. <laughs> I definitely do not. I probably need more ones in my life as well. Yeah. You've yeah. got Andrea. Yeah, you've got yeah. it. Yeah, maybe She's one's really enough. Maybe that's plenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, did, did you have, I mean, you're very capable and confident and accomplished. Did you have any mentors that helped coach you through any of this stuff? So I am surrounded by, I feel like I surround myself with my mentors. Yeah. I keep really good people in my life mm. and including my family, which you guys know, my brother, he's one mm-hmm. of them. Yep, we work with him all the time. Yes, yep. and he's fantastic. We talk business and we talk the hard in it and mm-hmm. the the grind and the exhaustion and that side of things. And it's really cool to watch people in your life grow in their business and do things differently than you, but they're growing in the most amazing ways. But all of my good friends, they are people that I find great value in. Just to keep it as simple as that, I don't have any big mentors that are famous or out there on social media. It is the people in my day-to-day life that are just doing the day-to-day grind that I am inspired by. Mm. Yeah, one of the women coming to help with this next one, she's my mentor for hiking. Mm-hmm. When I have a question, she's my most trusted person. Yeah. So I talk to her about hiking. 
Her sister is another mentor that we talk about marriage and relationships. Mm -hmm. It's just friends that are in my day-to-day life. I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by very brilliant people. Yeah. I think that's fantastic advice, actually, Mm -hmm. to surround yourself with brilliant people. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. I'd rather be the least educated, least smart in the room. When I get to go sit down and listen to them talk, I am inspired, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I love it. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because it requires a level of humility to say, I'm totally good with being the, the biggest idiot here. <laughs> 100%. I am okay with that. Yeah, you have to be. <laughs> you know what? Very few ultra successful people um, actually believe they're the smartest person alive. There's a couple, a couple sociopaths out there. Yes. But for the most part, like these are people who are very thoughtful and humble and willing to listen to other people's brilliance. Well, some of the most successful people I know, it, it, it's exactly that. I have a very mm-hmm. good friend. He runs multiple businesses mm-hmm. and he probably has more money than we even know what to do with. And he oh, drives- Oh, I can find something to do with it. I know, I'll tell right. You that well, <laughs> and he drives like an old Subaru. You would never even know. I love he, that. You will it's never amazing. hear him talk about how much money he mm-hmm. has or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I love sitting with him. Because he is humble. Mm-hmm. You would never know. Most There's all kinds of millionaires out there that people just have no idea. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No yeah. idea. It's shocking. But they're so... They're unassuming. Giving, right. Well, the coolest part is, is I went and did this TEDx thing and they came up to me and said, can you tell your friend thank you? <laughs> I said, for what? He donated, you know, all oh, wow. these different <laughs> things. And I thought... Good for him. So tell us about your TEDx experience. Mm-hmm. This oh is my such gosh. A, this is such a cool honor. Like very few people <laughs> get to get up on that stage and are deemed worthy to get up on that stage. Tell us about that I experience. wouldn't even deem myself worthy. Well, it was you, the most interesting somebody process. Somebody else did. So it was before 2020, COVID, you know, the big year 2020, that they had asked me. It was in Rexburg. Mm-hmm. So I have local ties there. And it was a girl I went to high school with that just followed me on social media. And she said, will you come speak? Mind you, I had watched TEDx Talks. I knew what TEDx was. I didn't understand the process. So you have to bring this original idea and kind of sell people on this original idea. And so I go there thinking, oh, I could be a motivational speaker. It's not a motivational speaker platform. Can your talk be motivational? Absolutely. But you need to bring this idea and wrap it up so people leave their thinking differently. And so they had coaches, speaking coaches. One, I have a tongue thrust, so I would kind of in the microphone. I've had it my whole life. What is what is that? What does that do? So I'm pre- when I speak, I press against the back of my teeth. Oh. So it almost sounds like a lisp. So oh. you can hear it at the end of lisp. You can lisp. hear the And I, it's so it's so unnoticeable to the untrained ear, but yeah. she was like, "We've got to get rid of that." And I actually and I've got this little red pick you twang. apart. That- she did and she she would say some of the words that I say it wasn't very professional and I finally said to her I grew up in Hibbard, Idaho. <laughs> this is who I am. I mm. don't say mountain. I say mountain. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's, you asked me to speak. Let me show up as me. Right. right. Anyway, yeah. so we have 2020. We don't get to speak. 
And oh, I, sure. yeah. I was kind of relieved, actually. <laughs> and it, it was a very good thing because my talk at that time, while I kept the same idea in there, it grew and elevated over the next two years. So, so what was the topic? What did you... So it was choose the hard climb, okay. the power of choice. I love it. Yeah. Yes. And so I talked a lot about the obstacles in my life that I chose mm. and grew through them so that I was readily prepared for the things that came my way that I did you not ask for. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I got to bring in the experience and talk about cool things with all of the women and one of the women there specifically, I used a part of something that she sent to me because it was so beautifully profound. She just said, what would I be missing out on if I don't put myself in that conversation mm-hmm. or say yes to that invitation to something? It was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. But um, so they asked me again, well, do you still want to do it? And I almost said no. Mm-hmm. And my husband just said, Jenna, why are you saying no? You're the one that teaches, choose the hard climb. Why aren't you (laughs) saying yes to this? And I just kind of rolled my eyes. I know, I just don't have the energy. I don't know if I (laughs) want to do it. No, I really did not want to. I didn't want to be picked apart again. It was a totally different process that second time around. And it was so beautiful. And the speakers were amazing. And I had to memorize this nine minute talk, which during that time after COVID, I got the brain fuzz so bad. A lot of people did. Oh, for a year, I could not remember things. And to this day, I'll still kind of have a lapse with that. But I wasn't sure I could even memorize this talk. Mm. And then it's Mm. in my hometown. I'm already intimidated and I'm speaking with doctor, doctor, (laughs) doctor. And I am like, here I freaking am. It was the coolest experience of my life. I bet it was amazing. It was awesome. So do you have to memorize it and then give it word for word? Yes. Wow. So it's not like they hold your paper and they go, you miss a word. No, but you want to make sure you're not just flying off the cuff. It needs to be you turn in everything, you submit everything, and they have it dialed in that it's nine minutes, 37 yeah. seconds, and you need to keep it within that realm. Right. And so I did memorize mine word for word. Wow. And then I would add in a little bit of personality. Sure. I'm like, if you're nervous, mm-hmm. uh, I had a speaking coach who was one of my good friends who mm-hmm. would not have been in my life at that time. Mm-hmm. And she taught me how to talk low into my stomach instead of yeah. up in my nose. Yeah, the the, uh, DJ voice. Yes. Yeah, the late night DJ voice. Well, yeah, she told me, Jenna, you're speaking like in your Relief Society voice. And I didn't even know that was a thing. But I'm like, I guess that's all I've heard my life is to speak up higher. And so she taught me to bring it down into my diaphragm. It sounds more confident. Yes. And I would not have had her expertise had... Number one, COVID not happened. But number two, had I not done the experience because she was one of my members who came to Southern Utah. (laughs) So that's, I'm like, this is so cool. The people that come into your life, you know, at the most perfect time. Incredible. Okay. So I want to, this is a little bit more abstract, but I want to get a more of a feel for just like who you are at your core, right? Okay. <laughs> How does the like $5 million question go? How does that one work? Mm, do you if remember you won this one? like the lottery today, what would you do? What's oh, your next yeah. move? That yeah. one? Yeah, that probably, probably that one. Yeah. Okay. What's your next move if you have all the money in the world? You know what? I would probably be doing what we're doing, but 
bigger mm. and maybe retire my husband. But he does, <laughs> he finds great value in working. Yeah. I would love to travel more with our children and show them more of the world. But we're doing that on a smaller scale. There's not a ton I would change necessarily, minus there's a few stressors that money brings in. That I mean, the freedom of that would be amazing. Mm. But the only thing I can really hold on to is I love to travel and I love to show our kids new places and have them experience new cultures and things. Mm. I mean, really. Okay, that's about as good an answer as we've ever heard to that question. Yeah. Because you basically just said, well, I just keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> I, re- I really is, love my life. Which is I, incredible. I do love my life. That doesn't mean I'm free of stressors. I mean, my husband's been living away for three months and it came suddenly. And that's a huge stressor. Sure. I would like him to be home. Right. It's okay. I've got yeah. a good life. The kids are doing great. I'm doing great. There's not a lot that I would totally change. That's awesome. Okay. One of the things that we ask to people in a lot of our social media content, I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. What is your message to the world? What do you want people to know? To be okay with yourself. Mm -hmm. You got to find it within yourself. Mm -hmm. That's it. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody can fix it for you. No amount of self-help, anything like that can fix it for you. You've got to figure it out for yourself. Pretty solid. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, any final words, anything else oh, man. that we haven't See, talked about? You asked me. No, I feel like we covered a lot. We didn't it talk was... about your divorce at all. Oh, you I'm must. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was so long ago. It actually, I talked about it in my TED talk because I'm like. You did. Yeah, because during that time, that was an intentional choice I made. Okay. Not the divorce necessarily, but it caused the divorce. But it was the biggest choice in my life that sent me on this trajectory of good. Hmm. And our family, I mean, that was hard. That was a really yeah. solidly hard time in our lives. And for the next three, we got married, remarried four months later. Wow. We didn't tell anybody. Wow. We got married on a dirt road, didn't tell a soul. <laughs> we didn't want anybody to interject opinions, anything. It needed yeah. to be our little family. But the next three years were probably the hardest of our entire marriage. After getting remarried. After getting remarried. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting that it could break down so quickly. We had a good marriage before. Mm-hmm. It shocked a lot of people when it happened. It threw a lot of people, I mean, Lots of people had to go to therapy over it, yeah. including myself. Um, but when we got back together, it was three years of hard and questioning why the heck we got back together. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how just a few months of discomfort could break down all trust in marriage. Yeah. And guess what? We worked really, really hard during that time. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty incredible, even with our kids, with the communication as much as I hated going through that, there was a lot learned and a lot of good that came from it too. Yeah. Hmm. What advice would you give somebody who may be going through the thick of it in a marriage? You know what? It, you can put this into any aspect of your life. The good does come. Hmm. The good does come. And if that's the only hopeful thing, in fact, there is the story of these mice. Have you ever heard the story of the mice that got put in water by scientists? No. So they, they, I'll get the times off. So I'm going to guesstimate. And, um, so there was a group of scientists, they put these mice in water and they drowned after about three minutes. Okay. And so they found that interesting for science. Yep. Okay. So then they did a second group. And after a couple of minutes, they pulled the mice from the water and they put them back in the water Mm. and they swam for 24 more hours. Whoa. The differentiator in that is they had hope. 
Mm. And they they had that moment of somebody saved me then. I'll get back out again. Mm. And so when you're in the thick of things, that's what I hold on to. You've got to hold on to that hope and know that the good days come. Uh, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have bad months. I had a bad three years that were so hard. I This year, honestly, I didn't think anything could top the last three years. This year's probably been the hardest year of my entire life. Mm. The good days will come. And I was laughing last week and I turned to my friend and I said, I didn't know I could feel that again. Mm. And it's coming. Mm. And so that's where with whatever you're in, whether it's a bad marriage, going through divorce, going through a breakup, losing a job, um, getting fired from a job, a child dies, the good days do come. Mm. It may not be when you want it, but they come. Inevitably, the sun shines again. Mm. I don't know that anything else needs to be said. That's amazing. Thank you. You You're are welcome. very inspiring. You've oh. made me cry many <laughs> times this podcast. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. The people on the audio probably just hear me sniffling the entire time. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear it at all. But that, it's really, that's what the experience is. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Jenna, thank you for being here. Thank you we so much. We loved having you here. Thank you for joining us on Dragon Slayer today, and we'll see you next time. How about this? Try this one on for size. Okay. So if you got an all-expense-paid trip to Europe okay. or an all-expense-paid trip to the moon, which do you choose? Europe. What? I know. You're so mad. What? I know. Europe. Listen, I love space. I used to be obsessed with the stars. I don't think you do. I'm not with that answer. I know. I probably. But think of all of the cool things over in Europe culturally. There is a lot to see. But listen, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I think the moon would be amazing too. There, there is a wrong. Answer. No, no, there is. I no, I wouldn't. It's yours. I wouldn't. No, it's yours. No, I, I agree turn, with her. I wouldn't turn down the moon. I'll tell you that. I wouldn't turn it down. But the time. That's not get, a very strong endorsement from listen, moon trip. There's, it takes a lot of time to go to the moon. I don't think I'm gonna waste my time. I love it. Listen, it takes too long. Okay, I'm that, a busy person. And that's that's where it is. Am I? Very, we have an entire world here. Right? Uh -huh. Even an entire state of Idaho. There are so many cool things here that I need to experience first before I take it mm. elsewhere. Who says? How about taking the experience to the moon? I mean, but what would we do there? I, <laughs> I imagine. I mean, do they have mountains there? I imagine the hiking is I know. interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Do they heights. have good food there? I'm really uh, big on that ooh, too. Yeah. And I may yeah. be caught up. I'm really interested in Europe right now. I'm like, okay, at some point, I would like to get over to Europe and backpack with my husband. So, you know what? Mm. That's on my mind right now. Have you ever now. been before? No. Is there a particular place that you're interested in? Germany. Okay. I love Germany, the history there. Um, friendly Switzerland. People. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I, they're very friendly people in Germany. Switzerland, of mm -hmm. course. They've got the mountains Beautiful. there. Yes. Instagram just kind of brings you into all of these places that you're like, I've got to go there. Mm -hmm. So I would be happy with anything, really. Except but that for the is, moon. except yeah. for the moon. Dang it. Hey, I wouldn't turn it down. I just think of like how long that takes to get there. And I'm like, Ugh. how long does it take? What would it take? Zach, can you look that up? How long, long does it take to get into the moon's orbit? What would I, I feel do? Like, I feel like it would take like a day. No, I think that is like. <laughs> that is 
not accurate. Why do I think it just takes a day? We should place bets on how long it takes Three to days. get there. Three days. That is a long time. Who's got that kind of time? No. I want to know. <laughs> Three days? No. Okay, the you're, moon is you're awesome. round trip. <laughs> I'm in on space travel. I just would like to go to Europe. It's more reasonable. All right. I guess that's fine. <laughs> I'll be okay with that. Um, yeah, that that's... I'm having a hard time processing that as, as an answer to. I'll I, give I'll you say my this. therapist number. <laughs> <laughs> I've asked this question for about a year to different people just in my life, and it's really interesting to see. I, I don't know why this is the case, but it seems like ladies almost universally pick Europe, and men almost universally pick the moon. Europe is romantic and you watch the movies and it's always in Europe. I mean, that's what we dream of from when we're little girls. We don't necessarily watch Apollo 13 and think, I want to go to the moon. (laughs) It would be cool though. Isn't there a famous romantic movie about throwing a lasso around the moon and pulling it down? Is there? Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's a wonderful life. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. 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 I, I would not turn down the moon. Let me just make you feel a little better about it. I, I just figure that. I've got this world here. I want to experience it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Bailey, I've talked a lot. Do you have questions that you want to ask? I feel like I do, but you just put me on the spot. Oh, okay. I know. I'll, I'll keep going. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. Yes, sir. I got one quick question. Do you hike in Converse? Because I've never, never seen more tread on a shoe in my life than what you have on those Converse. Should I try these ones? Oh, that, that's them. a ridiculous amount of tread. I know. Right. They're super cute. I love them. Men put, hate them. Put those up on, like the, on the table so people can Seriously. see what those look like. I mean, you're yeah. asking me to do the impossible. I'm very sore right now. And I'm in tight. Look at I love tread. them. <laughs> I, so shared, I share them with my 17-year-old daughter, which maybe says a lot about me. Are I they maybe... custom made? How no, are... this is like a new style of Converse. Really? Are yeah. they like orthopedic? and function or uh, probably maybe that's why I ch- listen that's i was trying to dress new, up today new- <laughs> i was actually trying to hide my toenails because i need a pedicure and i knew i couldn't wear sandals here I, maybe that's the style is like uh orthotics right all the cool mm. kids are wearing these they okay are. okay uh, Andrew's like, yeah, I can't believe you don't know that. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I get a pair, my dad will stop bugging me about actually wearing my orthotics. Maybe. <laughs> that's funny. No, just tell no, him, Dad, these are prescription. These will, these will come off right when I go home. I'm either barefoot or in sandals 99% of the time. But I really am in desperate need of a pedicure. Well, so. we'll, we'll keep your secrets safe. We'll cut Thanks. all this out. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, we probably it. should have ended after the motivation. Oh, <laughs> no, I love it. I love it.